Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 126 of the No Encore Music Show. Not just a podcast, a show. Because with that in mind, yeah. big announcement. Yeah. Uh, drum roll, please, Eve. That's right. No Encore Live is returning. <laughs> To the Workmen's Club as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival on Sunday, October the 14th. And I'll have two very special guests with me. Craig Fitzpatrick. Yes, I'll actually be there. Way And Cullum O'Regan. It's an honour and a privilege, Dave. Delighted we secured his services, to be quite honest. But yeah, we're doing a fucking live show. Again. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a little while. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Need to retire that gag, I think. It's not our gag. Been a while. <laughs> there it is. Uh, well, I guess you spoke to the creator of that show recently, didn't you? The guy that kind of commissioned it, yeah, mm. um, from Mid-Roll Media. And God bless him for doing so, because it's great. But let's talk about our podcast and our live show. Yeah, there's a podcast festival. We did it last year, and we sold out Whelan's. And this year we thought... <laughs> let's... So nonchalant he's had there. We sold out Whelan's. And then we... <laughs> this year we thought, uh, let's go back to the Workman's Club where Vinnie Casey of Overhead the Albatross and Booker of the Workman's Club fame <laughs> will look after us. And through. craven and gutless individual. <laughs> it's a spiritual home of no one. I was going to use that so. term. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, we'll all feel nice and safe there. We've done a quiz there and we've had many uh, drunken escapades within the oh, confines very many. of the complex. Will we open up about them all on stage? No. no? Maybe on <laughs> Some stage. Let's not do it now. No, I think we'll, we'll, we won't do that. Uh, the format of the show 
is uh, currently being <laughs> put together. Yeah. So we won't tell you any more than that, apart from tickets costing the wildly superstitious price of 13 euro, including booking fee. To some. Are available now. Now, the booking fee is included for everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just superstitious for some. Available now. Boom, boom. <laughs> this is the kind of witty repartee you'll be getting in the flesh. At the Workman's Club on Sunday, October the 14th, as part of Dublin Podcast Festival, Ticketmaster has your tickets. But they could be your tickets if you just part with 13 books. Yeah. Go so get them. So do that. Go get them. And we'll have announcements about you know what we'll be doing with the show and who may be appearing at it in the coming weeks and months. Who knows? Yeah. Stay tuned. Sunday, October 14th. See you there. So, uh, one person we might not see in Dublin for the foreseeable future mm. is David Kitt, who this week sparked quite a conversation uh, on Monday when he highlighted the financial struggles faced by creative people in the capital. I am now going to read from the story that I have written. I hope that's okay. The you Choice Prize nominated artist <laughs> revealed via social media that he intends to emigrate in the near future. I'm being forced to leave the country I love as I can't afford to live in my hometown anymore, he wrote on Facebook. I don't want to go. It feels like one of the best periods of creativity I've lived through in this city. He would go on to argue that Fina Gael are failing this city and that Dublin's heart and soul is being ripped out and sold to the highest bidder, referring to an influx of commercial development at a time when creative spaces such as the Tivoli Theatre and Hangar fade away. He notes that his house has been sold to a European investment group and uh, questions if we've learned anything from the last boom and bust cycle. Now, that was the kind of the preamble to a bigger post that he put out on Tuesday when, like I say, a conversation developed. Um, this stemmed from an article written by Una Mullally in the Irish Times. Another nine uh, wrote an article about this. Mm-hmm. And then people were kind of saying, oh, woe is me, fucking starving artists, who cares? And then people were like, no, no, we need people like this. So there's been a bit of back and forth, guys. Well, yeah. And as well, he obviously copped flack at the Fina Gael reference, uh, he being the son of a former Fianna Fáil chief whip. He kind of came out afterwards and he said, look, you know, party politics have nothing to do with it. Calling out the party in charge is is hardly a, a controversial statement in no. itself. And, you know, that the media shouldn't be like taking that uh, one part and running away with it. He said it's bloody typical. Um, yeah, of course, it, uh, you know, prompted a, a larger debate. Uh, these debates seem to be ubiquitous at this stage with regards to particularly housing costs and housing shortages and stuff like that. Yeah. The one thing is that none of them actually seem to be exactly on the same page, which makes it very difficult. Yeah, there's a few strands to, I guess, his situation um, and kind of causes for concern. Obviously, just the simple fact of a man not being able to afford to stay in Dublin because it has gone absolutely ridiculous because of the shortage. Also, um, well-established musician, someone I, you know, hold in high regard that's doing some great work. And you would always hope that someone, you know, seasoned veteran at that point would be somewhat secure. Um, Like, he's done enough that you think, okay, well, at least he can have a roof over his head sadly not um so like you know that's disheartening for a whole kind of generation of irish artists coming up behind him and then of course um just the state of dublin in general and the kind of the culture of the city being kind of dragged through the commercial mill at the moment a lot of kind of beloved venues and places uh being transformed into i don't know just hotels i guess google uh, Google town as he (laughs) refers to it yeah yeah Um, i mean like it's interesting because like even you read this post and like he's not 
like it's obviously very serious and he is very serious but he has also not lost his his knack for a bit of gallows humor i mean at one stage he says you know i'm gonna put this out here and i'm gonna get off the internet for a few days i am after all being kicked out of my house so you know like he's his comic timing is still intact and yeah i mean like he also makes the point that you know people were like well you know like just move to fucking cavern or whatever like you know like why is dublin the be all and end all and he's like well i'm from dublin and this is affecting me because i live in dublin yeah and also to be fair like i mean like if, if you're i was talking to kieran mcginnis from delorento's about this during the week and he was making the point that it's not really about snobbery it's more about logistics if you're going to move down the country and then someone's like hey man do you want to jam you're like well how am i going to get yeah, there it changes your do? whole life <laughs> like i mean like it's and also for, for musicians like professional aspiring established successful or otherwise um it's a job it's a, it, like it's yeah. a job it's, it doesn't have its own rules like, like it has your own like you make the rules and you have to like form a structure adhere to it and there is this element um and seeing as i've dropped one name i'll drop another friend of the show mary kate garrity may kate of fight like apes in the galaxy i was speaking to her during the week uh, for a feature i'm working on and she was kind of making the point that look i mean you have to do this yourself you have to you know find a way of doing this and it's evolving it's changing and at the same time you know it's strange that people don't seem to respect the profession of of musician the way that they would someone who works in a bank someone who works in a fucking restaurant and so on and like it's we're still in that position. Yeah, right? I mean, I think it's interesting actually that you mentioned that people don't necessarily uh, respect the uh, job of a musician, um, especially because you know a lot of the times when we get into these conversations, we use kind of like big words like you know culture and you know like the cultural fabric of the city and art and so on and so forth. When to me, it does seem like popular music gets really fucking bullied in these situations. I mean, I feel like if David Kidd, if somebody of the you know prominence and quality of david kitt was for instance writing stage plays or novels you feel that they would be feted they would have their tax breaks they would have their grants you know he would have like endowments coming out the ears but that doesn't happen for a popular musician yeah like i I believe um friend of the show joe panama was working on um a dissertation on looking at kind of funding in the arts and music in particular and the kind of crazy amount or percentage that still goes to like classical musicians who of course have a very rough time too and that's that's no kind of great career to go down if you want to commit to that but just there is no real support for popular music whatsoever and it is very much looked down on as asher aren't you just having laughed it's a pastime anyone can do it you'll be grand you know it's it's, it's ridiculous i think it's important as well that people don't take out of context the sort of references to Google Town and stuff like that because this isn't old man shouts a cloud sort of carry on you know there has been this effort to kind of turn in parts of Dublin into Silicon Valley and frankly it seems as though we have not learned from the issues of Silicon Valley in terms of what housing prices are like there homelessness crisis in the city of San Francisco bizarre juxtaposition yeah yeah but and what's more like people are like you know oh what do we just tell them to go away then and it's like no we're not suggesting like you know you turn into the boondocks of California either like where the good old boys work in a tractor factory for 60 hours a week like there's a middle ground somewhere here and especially if you're going to put that sort of investment on one end you got to actually look after people on the other it's extremely galling for the likes of Kit and his peers when Ireland is sold as yes, this, this land of artists and poets and writers and dreamers and thinkers and doers and actors and everything and yet you're not going to see Leo Varadkar and the doll chairing a meeting about musicians and like creative types and what we can do for them and what we should be doing for them as far as funding goes as far as looking after them from a mental health perspective as far as putting structures in place that don't currently exist i mean like these are ostensibly freelancers in a way that we are like freelancers but we at the moment in our respective jobs we have a roof we have a Mm. boss to report to and we have you know someone to breathe down our necks if we don't do our work properly whereas independent musicians like david kitt who yeah i agree is an excellent musician and has provided a great 
a boon, I think, for the creativity and the arts in this country. And I think it's okay for him to say this. I mean, some people were like, you know, oh, like, shut your fucking mouth. But it's like, it's, yeah, his, yeah. it's his Facebook page. Like, like it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. him. Like, yeah. he's stop, allowed, talk, stop talking about your own life and struggles. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's, like, like, he's allowed to say what he wants. And he, again, he was spinning off from an article written by Una Malali, which like struck a chord. And mm. ultimately, we're going to see more of those articles. We're going to see Nader and Anuna and other people write articles like this because this is a problem. This is an issue. And it seems like it's an issue that's not going to be addressed anytime soon. Well, Bez- you know. Unless some kind of, you know, wild... Benefactor. Oligarch of music. With Celtic ties. Come (laughs) along, because, I mean, Calvin Harris has had a pretty good year. He he can afford to live in Dublin. Is he anything to Simon Harris? Could we get him to ring his cousin or something like (laughs) now? Well, I mean, maybe he could donate some of the $48 million he's made in the past year. That's a lot of money. It's quite a bit, isn't it? What the hell? For all that Vegas money, yeah, yeah, all that Vegas money, he and what, what's more, made... he's just signed an exclusive contract worth, I think, two hundred million over three years. That's... What? Yeah, with what? Om- with Omnia in Caesar's Palace, as in that's the only venue he'll be playing. He ba- basically now you see DJs in Vegas are the equivalent of like Stay Celine, in Vegas. Celine Dion. <laughs> no, the, it, the equivalent. Happens of, it's the equivalent of like Celine Dion or Britney Spears, you know, where they do like a stage show set there. Yeah, for it's three a residency. Years. Yeah, and, yeah, and everybody comes there rather than them going on tour. Yeah, that's what Calvin Harris is now doing for the next three years and sees his. He's a very young man to be locking, getting locked into that though, right? That feels very much like the retirement. <laughs> the, the Tom Jones. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to be fair, Craig, if somebody told you at whatever age he is. <laughs> That like you know you have to live in Vegas for two hundred million for the next three years. You get by. You find things to fill your time. It does sound like a bit of a gaudy prison sentence. Though, yeah, it does. Time. Like you're trapped, man. That's a Jack Nicholson situation. It is. Yeah, I think it is. Well, I'm worried about him. Yeah, look, he comes <laughs> from fucking where Glasgow. I'm sure he's having a fine time. He's been named Forbes highest paid DJ in the world for a sixth consecutive year. And uh, the Scottish Groove King, as he's described here. You didn't write that one, Dave, no. <laughs> no, I did not write this one. Uh, although, I mean, like, don't put it past me. Yeah. Uh, you got like, you, you to find another way to say DJ yeah. every seven lines or less. Performed a few festivals around the world, but yeah, the exclusive performance contract is pretty much lining his pockets. And I mean, like, also, like, this is a good time to weigh him up, I think, from a musical perspective. Well, yeah. Having like, had a bit of a brief flash of genius last year, and now, like... Genius be- might be bullshit. <laughs> Okay. It, what, two songs we liked? It's very hot in the studio. There was, there was more than two, to be fair. That was a decent album. I'll give him credit there. It's okay. It was okay. Uh, the singles were... Yeah. We expected more. We had high hopes. Half the album was singles. But, like, <laughs> one kiss would do a leap. It appears to be the sound of the summer. It's rubbish. Nah, yeah. it's nothing to that. He's They're, obviously got the Midas touch, though, right? Yeah. He's had... Like, this isn't surprising at all, because he just keeps having hits. I mean, but, but, to be fair as well, when you look at the rest of the list, at least you can yeah. say, well, Calvin Harris, I mean, like, you know, he does the kind of crossover thing quite well. Uh, the Chainsmokers are in second. A uh, bunch of people in Dublin who contributed to that in the RDS. Shame on you. Uh, but then <laughs> Tiesto, yeah, Steve man. Aoki, Marshmallow. I don't think I know Marshmallow. You do know Marshmallow. He was on one of Selena Gomez's singles yeah, last he year. Oh, and he wears a big kind of Lego skeleton. Uh, my boy Marsh. Kind of a dead mouse looking yeah, yoke. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who's not on this? Where is dead mouse? We got Zed in here. Yeah. Famed... Uh, Dublin gig. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> geometric shapes. Can we tell stuff. that story? No, I Come don't on. Think so. you know, Come you, on. No, okay, no, no, yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 dude. Hold dude. on. Tell the, like, m- most least. Just, yeah, come yeah, on. yeah. You ha- I've said it now. You have sure. To. Okay. I mean, like, the- <laughs> I was once working uh, and an intern had written a review of Zed's gig in the Academy, I believe it was. And I was told to edit it and put it online. And I read it and it was 
mind-blowingly bad. Like, <laughs> somebody who speaks English as a fourth language would have I don't have know if I feel comfortable with this. <laughs> oh, J.R. Oh, oh, gender. Jesus. No, 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 no. We'll bleep that out. But uh, hang on. <laughs> the yeah, point, Eve. <laughs> no, no, no. The point is, we've all been there. Like, like as writers. Have we? Been, yes. Like, I'm sure the first thing we all turned in like to be fucking proof by someone who was on a higher level or whatever the fuck was I terrible. Know, but like... This had, this had phrases like waving melodically. How does one wave melodically? Was there a lot of drugs involved? <laughs> which might know. tie into... What I don't want to... What was the, uh, the the other takeaway? The geometric... Oh, it, it, there was yeah frequent mentions of the geometric flashing shapes. And <laughs> ge- <laughs> this person was on DMT. Yeah. <laughs> had a great time. Well, you went to a Dead Mouse gig. Yeah, Dead Mouse was very good. There I was in a, at, in a full suit. No, that was David Guetta where I went in the, and stood in the rain in a full suit, and everyone thought I was the G Man. Yeah, the G Man. Yeah, he's, he's, the G Man. <laughs> My boy is number eight on this list. I saw him in Berlin in a very small club in which he pretended to DJ right. uh, while holding up Beats uh, headphones. Oh yeah, that was his whole thing. He was just dancing around with an Irish flag, just not even making yeah. attempt to it's pretend. It's all done in advance, my friend. He's he, Calvin Harris is making tr- three times as much as David Guetta, which surprises me a bit. Well, he puts more work in. Yeah, that's evidently. So. Martin Garrix is number 10 here, and uh, my, my good friend Mark McCabe told me recently that... Uh, he's not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark McCabe is not in the top 15. Presumably he's uh, 16. Yeah. <laughs> Those maniac royal He's still uh, rolling. He can in. live in Dublin. I think you'll find that he's number 2000. Oh, uh, close the show. Uh, close the show. As regards, <laughs> and that's no encore. See, see, see you in October. As regards, Martin Garrix. Uh, Mark McKay was saying to me that there's this whole snobbery thing in DJing, and like we just kind of did it. We ripped it out together there uh, for the same reason. But basically, he's like, if you do the work in pre production, it's up to you what you want to do on stage. And you know what? As someone who doesn't know how to DJ, I will allow them to uh, tell me what it's like. So, Fair. what else is going on in the news this week, guys? Says in lieu of a good link. Oh yeah, well, in you know, in terms of trying to earn some cash in this game, Sky Ferrer is having troubles, um, as she seems to have done her entire career with recording contracts and record companies. Um, you know, there was that huge delay to her debut album, Nighttime My Time, um, which was a fantastic record. She blasted Capital before for not having vinyl copies ready of the release, and she's given out about Polydor for ripping her off. And she's taken to social media again to air her grievances, and she's revealed that her label has locked her out of her own SoundCloud account. Um, so yeah, basically she, she she says she was forced to hand over her account information to the label after the album came out. He then gave her the wrong information and changed it so she can't access it anymore. Um, so shutting her out, essentially. And I guess at a time when um, everything on streaming services is very much seen as official releases and stuff, SoundCloud seems like the last bastion of if you want to do something a bit out there or if you want to do something that might have, you know, back in the day being classified as a mixtape that, you know, record labels couldn't touch. Um, that's yeah. a kind of big deal to an artist like her. Yeah, although at the same time, I mean, like, this is basically, they're just disciplining her here. You know, in in lieu. Oh, of great! Not, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but in lieu of not being able to, you know, like remove her phone privileges for a week or something. Um, because, you know, like you said, you know, oh well, like you know, in in between releases, you can do a bit of experimentation or do something that the record label can't touch. And the record label has been waiting three years for a record that they've been promised and hasn't materialized in any shape or form. And one can only presume that this is sort of annoyance on their part that rather than thinking about releasing stuff on SoundCloud she should get the finger out it's a bit of a dick move though oh it absolutely it really is don't is, get me yeah. wrong and it, it's a bad look in 2018 especially where it's like you know this isn't going to happen to Frank Ocean but Sky Ferreira is a vulnerable young woman so like a bunch of lads in suits 
Take, uh, a, take away that password. And also, if anything, a naive move, knowing that, you know, her kind of previous four airing grievances and how just social media now means that if you do anything as a label, I guess, that's like you impinging on an artist's control, it'll probably get out now, well, which is be, a great thing. Well, as well, I mean, like, she says that she was forced to hand over the information after the album came out, which was all four years ago. Is this the first time she's tried to log in since? <laughs> <laughs> what I the mean, hell? legit, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, like Skyfair is like like an artist who very much does her own thing. I mean, she's been busy in Twin Peaks, not yeah, singing, appearing in Twin <laughs> scratching Peaks. herself. Yeah, 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 yeah weird rash in Twin Peaks in which she did nothing. I was so, yeah, I was. She I was in she was a gonna... terrible Eli Roth movie. I mean, like I, I was know. so hyped when she was announced on the list uh, for Twin Peaks because yeah. I was like, oh yeah, she's going to be performing, and her sound is perfect for this thing. It's like, and nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we'll get Eddie Vedder instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big fan of Skyfair. Big fan of Nighttime, My Time, and various singles that she's released. Not related to that record uh masochism visual album supposedly on the way she's annoyed with people asking her when it's happening but that's what happens when you develop a cult, a cult following i guess um i don't agree with the record label practices but then again if i worked for that record label i'd probably be like what the fuck man yeah. Yeah. I, it's a tough one you know you want to support the artist absolutely mm-hmm. uh, but it's a business maybe just get off the label if that's possible yeah i think maybe she's probably not. tried that by now as well to be honest yeah no one heard. Do a Frank Ocean. Just release a 45-minute album of you making a staircase. We're waiting for her to release a fucking visual album <laughs> and it still hasn't come. That's what started this problem in the first place. Whose side are you well, on? Well, maybe, just maybe, she should do a Disturbed. Yeah, she should. <laughs> Good link. Uh, so, Disturbed, the, uh, the metal band Disturbed, of which, yes, I <laughs> bought a CD of back in the day when I didn't know any better. And uh, the men behind Stone Cold Steve Austin's great heel theme tune of 2001. Uh, Is that why we're doing this story? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We're doing this story because I wanted balance in the news, Craig. Okay. Fair and balanced. That's what news should be. That's what, that's what journalism college taught us all. <laughs> and essentially, I saw this story and I thought, I thought it was pretty wacky. So uh, you've you've scolded me off mic for choosing this, and now you're scolding me on mic. No, I didn't. This. I just wasn't sure. Why is this here, Dave? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't understand it. Well, I understand it because I understand. Uh, you might say that one day I was what Disturb called their fans, disturbed ones. So essentially, <laughs> that is pretty good. They have teased a new album, right? David Draymond and his stupid fucking face piercings has teased a new album on the way. But the reason I was taken by this story is, yeah. is because they have made the announcement that the album's finished and have asked fans to select their first single. You know, we like a bit of interactivity, of course, right? Yeah. So very enthusiastic announcement for a bunch of gloomy goth heads saying the new record's done. The album includes many styles of music. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a line taken straight out of that Z review, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I hadn't seen that line. I know it's that's you know, worthy that's of inclusion. They, they are disturbed. <laughs> one of the most one note, one dimensional. How are they still in this game? Bands are teasing that they have made some kind of fucking like freewheeling jazz album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they said, since our last album and the recent footage from the studio, sounds exciting, we've seen a lot of discussion about the evolution of our music. So we decided to embrace the debate. For our next single, what kind of sound do you want? And the question was followed by a poll in which fans were allowed to choose between heavy or ballad. I'm the, just the <laughs> two kinds of music. <laughs> I'm just a bit upset that sentence didn't end with or heavy ballad. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you might say, oh, Dave, Disturbed, doing a ballad, that would never work. And it didn't work. It's true, yeah. <laughs> but it worked in terms of it was popular. That was such a bizarre They did their, what it says moment. here is their haunting cover, I'll say. Fucking haunt you, all right, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence, uh, which racked up over 400 million views on YouTube. And the cover helped expose the band to legions of fans. Worse than that, the sound of that song was all the se- like smug, self-satisfied comments from like, 
middle-aged blokes going, now this, this is real music. Just all that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> just weird, like, classic Thank rock heads disturbed. being like, yeah, you've Thumbs saved up if music. you're still listening to it in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Who's still listening to this absolute banger in 2018? Uh, so, yeah, like, that can work. I mean, we've obviously seen Johnny Cash repurpose Hurt to the point where yeah. Trent Reznor said it was uh, better than the original, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it is amazing. And um, I know a friend of the show, Josh Hughes, and myself are big fans of Limp Bizkit's Behind Blue Eyes cover. Yeah, no the video's even better. No one knows what it's like. <laughs> Halle Berry's last great role. <laughs> <laughs> but Disturbed or Garbage, however, I'm going to keep an eye on this, guys. I'll okay. I'll take on this project. You report right? back, okay? Yeah. And I'll report back, hopefully at the live show. Do we need a sting? <laughs> do we need? Do you need a jingle for it? It depends how <laughs> many styles of music they indeed have. Would you like the jingle Dave to be heavy or balanced, Dave? <laughs> Uh, the sa- heavy ballad you gotta incorporate the sound of silence in there. <laughs> the sound of I don't know audio design we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but a uh, quick Quincy Jones update before mm-hmm. we exit the news because we have talked about the man uh, extensively when he gave a couple of extensive interviews in spring of this year and basically told an incredible life story and I do use the word incredible like literally because yeah. a lot of it is like huh <laughs> like is this really happened go check out his interview with GQ and with Vulture I think was the other one if you don't know what we're talking about Quincy Jones has lived a life, and that life will be captured by his daughter, Rashida Jones, in a new documentary coming out on Netflix in September, and the, it's called Quincy, which, you know, not the most imaginative start, but I mean, like, with a story like this. It's better than Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rashida Jones has said, it's rare that somebody who has lived as much life as my dad is still interested in growing, and knowing the next generation, yeah, nice coded reference to the young ladies which Quincy apparently is fond of. Allegedly, allegedly, I say. Do you reckon that was the reference his daughter was I making? I don't think that's what Rashida was getting at. <laughs> and when now. I say allegedly, I mean of age. Uh, so he is a man of action and accomplishments. But we were so... Where's my next page? Uh, so lucky to spend time with him, real time with him. Let him reflect on a life in a larger picture. I feel honoured to be able to share that with audiences all over the world, which will happen when it lands in your Netflix queue at the end of September. Will you guys be watching it? Yes. Oh yeah, 100%. I hope 100%. Rashida includes the scene where she is bitten by Bubbles, Michael Jackson's chimpanzee. Yeah, is that on camera? I don't think she was... They can do a recreation. <laughs> I don't think she had the wherewithal. <laughs> to recreation of Rashida Jones now doing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who will play Bubbles? Um. Can they possibly capture this story in like a documentary made by his daughter and uh, someone he knows? Well, I don't so. know. It depends. No, I mean, look, it's a cam- big ask for her yeah, to deliver anything. Cameras there for most of his crazy stories, one would assume. Um, so we're not going to quite get that. But still, you know, I guess anything that sheds a little bit of light in what has clearly been a, a wild life uh, gets the thumbs up from me. Uh, we'll come back and review it. When it comes oh, out at the end of September, yeah. how about that? Yeah, well, we're really we should do a full adding, commentary. Yeah, <laughs> ad- advice to bands: well, don't, do bo- don't bother bringing out an album <laughs> on the twenty first of September. We're going movie review. We're really instead. adding value here with this Quincy Jones documentary, with uh, my disturbed voyage that I'm going to take, and also with our live show, which takes place on Sunday, October the fourteenth, in the Workman's Club. Get your tickets. Good job. Now we turn to the album this week. And a bit of a blast from the past, it's fair to say. It's not their actual comeback record, which arrived two years ago. But All Saints take another step with Testament. Sounds like this.
That is Love Lasts Forever, taken from the new EP. They broke up in 2004, I'm going to say. Four? It was earlier than that. I, I might be wrong. Yeah. I do know it was over, um, a f- there was a photo shoot and they yeah. had an argument over who got to wear a certain designer jacket, apparently. Yeah, it was, it was about a kind of an army jacket. Yeah. Um, in fairness, we did a photograph ourselves with Sean Conroy about a year ago. Came close to being the I'm not going to name names, but someone... <laughs> Someone should really fucking <laughs> step up and apologise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so they've they had a, an initial comeback, which I believe was two thousand six, and it fell completely uh, yeah, flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you say, they're now back together two or three years. I believe Red Flag was two years ago, and though it passed me by, got pretty nice notices. Um, it's kind of held as a return to form, and. I mean, if it's anything like this, then I might just have to go back and listen to it because I was very much on board with this really? to a large extent. Okay. Yeah. Well, what yeah. do you what do you take the lead here then, Greg? So, I mean, it struck me as a kind of um, you know post Reformation take that album where there's a lot of maturity here, um, but it's well handled. They kind of lean on the touchstones of the kind of biggest hits. But they kind of upgrade the sound a bit, which doesn't always work. Actually, some of my problems are with how they try and dress up some of the songs with some of the trap drums of the of the age. Yeah, tri- um, tribal drumming. Here tribal really drumming as me. well. But when it really excels, it's when they're just kind of doing their thing. And actually, I think their kind of signature sound has held up remarkably well. And I'm becoming, you know, old man shouts at new songs where I've just been like everything is sounding the same yeah. I didn't realise I kind of needed this album I'm not saying it's mind blowing but it was a kind of refreshing change for me to have this kind of style of R&B so yeah well I guess the 17 years between Pure Shores and the two tracks that William Orbit has done on this album especially after all yeah. which is great uh, which is pure pure shores so, so good speak. though uh, yeah I mean I enjoyed that I did but do feel as though it was a little bit of nostalgia kicking in personally i'm not sure how much i truly enjoyed it for its achievement or artistry i was reminded of when we were talking about the prodigy last week saying that capturing the zeitgeist of two decades ago isn't necessarily an applaudable uh, action at this point you know possibly um and i question just how much maturity is really on this record i mean obviously they are no longer a girl group they're in their mid-40s and you know, should be sort of reflecting that somewhat. And I'm not convinced that it really? had... I'm not... I mean, little bits of it might have, but I thought that a lot of it was still sort of wide-eyed and naive at times, um, or, or at least certainly compared to what you'd expect from them at this stage. They were always the kind of, you know, slightly more mature, slightly sassier version of, you know, as the Spice Girls say. But so I'm not sure if it's changed an awful lot since then. You're saying this album lacks a bit of cop-on, is <laughs> basically it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that makes me sound old, doesn't I it? Know, right? Surface, 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 surface. So much surface on this album. Just surface after surface after surface. What the hell is going on here apart from that? I mean, yeah, it's very pretty. It's very glossy. It's very well put together. Mm-hmm. It's produced very nicely. Sounds great. Moves, flows, connects, all those kind of things. But where's the heart? Where is the heart, girls? Now, they've always had two very, very good vocalists at the forefront, and I suppose the Apple and Sisters are okay as background singers. They don't they never really stood out to me and they don't hear. I mean, it's totally fine. I mean, like I got those nostalgia pangs already because the lead track of Red Flag was a song called One Strike, and it's an excellent pop song. And the album that followed is indeed good. 
I've always liked All Saints. They've always, I would agree, they always kind of seem to be the cooler older sister or something of that kind of peer group, you know, from the off, from like Never Ever. And even like the way that video was styled, they were in suits. It was a cool kind of what, like, you know, kind of like cold colours. Well, I mean, even the spoken word intro to this record is Mm, definitely aping that Never Ever thing. Yeah, and like doesn't come close to it because Never Ever did feel like an instantaneous zeitgeist moment. It felt like very mature, realised, rich pop music, which is very difficult to do and remains difficult to do. I mean, there's always going to be goodwill for an act like this because they're good. They're really fucking good at what they do, particularly, like I say, uh, Mel Blatt and Chazney Lewis, who are like, for my money, quite underrated vocalists. I mean, like, I think they play off each other exceptionally well. And they do it on this album as well, but I don't know. I mean, like, if anything, this album is almost a bit too happy. Like, it's a bit too upbeat. I know that sounds like a very strange criticism, but as noted, you know, disturbed fan over here. <laughs> but it just doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, like, like the opening kind of salvos are really, like, good in terms of, like, how hook-laden they are. I mean, it's hard to argue with, like, a track like Love Lasts Forever and even 3-4 and After All. They just... Can I just give props <clears throat> for writing a song in 3-4 and just calling it 3-4? <laughs> I love that. Absolutely adore that. Well done. Uh, I think my, <laughs> Proper I think, cop on. Uh, yeah, it's like 7-8 shoreline all over again. I think my issue here is just, like, it's not very memorable. I mean, and that's me applying a high standard to my pop music and... To All Saints, who I didn't... I mean, like, we were looking, uh, to be fair, you know, like, full disclosure here, we have hit that strange midpoint of the year where songs <laughs> are totally overshadowing albums in terms of volume and what's actually available to talk about. So last week, All Saints was kind of the, the pick of the litter, and we were like, cool, and there was a little bit of, like, oh, that's going to be very curious, I wonder yeah. what that will be like, and, you know, that... But never, like, from any kind of novelty point of view, more of a... Really curious to see what they can harness together as a group in 2018, if they still have stuff to say. They still have stuff to say. I'm just not sure it's terribly interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, Shazna Lewis has always known her way of how to write a song, I guess. At times here, though, it does feel as though they're enthralled to sort of how music has moved. I look at a song like Glorious. And I'm just hearing like Bobby Roode. Well, yeah, okay, a Bobby Roode, of course, yeah. But I'm also thinking like that sort of like little mix kind of you know define feminist anthem, and I just don't think it's there. I don't think it's very good. Yeah, glorious is a misstep for me because it feels like I actually enjoy the interlude um, just prior to it, and I think some of that stuff, which I don't really like, and I think it's tough to execute. I think they pull it off, and I think there is a bit of a narrative to this uh, i think it does go somewhere but glorious just feels like it's out of step with a lot of the album it's it is their big uh, feels kind of like queen we are the champions mixed with yeah. a take that kind of never forget moment of just like come on empowerment anthem and it doesn't yeah but you've also got a track like fumes a few songs earlier which i mean musically actually works but lyrically it like it, it is literally just like we're smoking doobies it's like you know, it's like Zane's song from like he, last week, uh, isn't it? It's like, a, it's like a fight back for anybody who accused him of covering under the bridge to be sacrilegious. They're like, "Hey, we get drug use. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess what, why this works for me lyrically to a large extent, and yes, it's not it's not mind blowing in what it's delivering, but the relationship ring stuff rings true to me because. Um, I guess we know enough about um, the lives of these women and stuff to know like there's been ups and downs, blah, blah, blah. They've all been through the mill to a certain extent, maybe, as you, everyone is at that stage in life. And that 
they kind of pool, I guess, their shared experiences and stuff. So maybe if this was a solo artist, I'd be like, oh, they're mixing it up and they're just doing every dis- different aspect of a relationship. With this, to me, it felt more like a kind of communal coming together of just like, okay, where are we all at with our respective, you know, troubles in love? Um, so that's why it worked for me. Yeah, 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 that's fair. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you compare Glorious to Likes a Little Mix because there is an incredibly strong sense of togetherness from this group and of course this is a group that have split up a couple of times and i mm. believe there was uh, as we know there was macrimony in the first instance at least so Maybe and jack I, is based <laughs> and i well it's all ego isn't it like i mean like, <laughs> like that's what it is and like and even like you know i i know i'm very much putting two of these women to the forefront and two in the background but that is kind of their setup anyway but the four of them together do work as a collective and i get that sense just by listening to the tracks as presented here which I wouldn't get from, say, a Fifth Harmony, even a Little Mix, I'm not sure. And Little Mix's whole message is on Paramount, and I'm sure they're best fucking mates and all, but in terms of the Sonics and the what they've done together, I don't quite get the feeling. Whereas with All Saints, I do get that. I get the feeling that they're mates, that they're friends, and they've come through a lot together. And it is absolutely valid and vital for them to express this at this stage of their career. It's actually a very natural and honest reflection, which is great. But again... It's a little bit milk toast. It's a little bit safe. It's a little bit yeah. Of course, I yeah. You're happy. Great. That's awesome. What else you got? You know. And I don't think they got much else. So uh, in, even in terms of just like stripping away from like really good pop songs, is there anything on here that you're like that's into the canon? Because they've got a good fucking canon. They do. Yeah. I mean, after all, and love lasts forever will probably be it too. Now I don't know if they're like particularly like throw them into the eternal canon. Yeah. But sorry, not to confuse things and bring up eternal. That's <laughs> <laughs> next week. Yeah. <laughs> But um, all I can say is I did not mind whatsoever going back for repeated listens to this. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. Yes, there's some missteps. Yes, there's some anonymous moments. But those two or three highlights, I will lob in me playlists as everyone does these days and uh, keep what banging voice? them out. What voice I'm is going this? Dublin for some You're reason. turning into Emmett Kerwin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening to me. Um, but yeah, I think this is a nice effort. I can't hate on it at all. I had after all of the highlight of this record as well, uh, even though it's not a Frank and Walters cover, which I was kind of hoping <laughs> for when I saw the track list. Um, yeah, look, like they've they've definitely achieved a chemistry here, and you know something that actually unites the four of them. I just a lot of it seems to ring a little bit flat for me. Um, it's a six out of ten. It's a six out of ten. It's a seven. Okay, all right, fair enough. Fine. <laughs> Get some tunes, Hanners. I will indeed. Uh, how about numbers. we do some numbers? It's been a while. All right. Don't say it. <laughs> okay, I won't. Um, let's go number four, please, Dave. Anna Calvi, with a track chosen by Craig Fitzpatrick and also chosen by Anna Calvi to release into the world. <laughs> and it's called Hunter. <laughs> the red light on the leather. First Helmsley is not the full name of the track. It's just called Hunter. Craig, you are a big fan of Anna Kelvey, and I'm. Am I right in saying you? Am think I a big fan? Am I wrong in saying that? I was a fan of the first album a bit, but do you think she doesn't get her due? I, 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 I had you pegged to someone who was like you know playing her in the hot press office, and maybe that was seven years ago. Yeah, that probably was seven. <laughs> I very much liked her when she first came out. Um, I didn't really stick around for second record. There's been a 
big enough gap. Um, but she was like one of like uh, her first two records. I think both got um, Mercury nods, which is, as we all know, the, the second biggest one after the <laughs> Ivor Novellas. Um, and she's had kind of critical things, I guess. Yeah, she probably hasn't exploded in any real sense of the word in people like the general public's imagination but she's always kind of been a kind of tough kind of fish to stick into a kettle <laughs> to make up an expression wow <laughs> i don't know where she sits Making in terms of while the sun shines <laughs> out of your arse there right <laughs> masters in advertising mixed metaphor. Yeah, come on. i don't know where she quite fits because she could do the kind of very um I guess propellant guitar based stuff which was all energy and all about that build um this is very much a kind of restrained effort um confident though it meanders in a very nice way I think um it's a title track from her forthcoming album Hunter um and it worked very well for me it was a welcome return yeah, she said she wanted simplicity, I wanted something quietly brave and quietly defiant, I wanted there to be intimacy, I wanted the guitar to answer the voice to be sexuality. I'm not sure I get all that. I got it all. Yeah. It's it's the second verse, mate. <laughs> but it's good. No, I mean, like, to be perfectly honest, like, whatever about the song's construct, I think this hinges on her delivery. She's from that sort of Karen O school of dramatic vocals. No, Craig went there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Dropped out. Yeah, he, he, he was kicked out. <laughs> until, he, yeah. Yeah, until he was drummed out. Yeah. But, yeah, In no, the middle of the yeah. night. I thought this was pretty, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. I think it's great. Uh, it does meander in a very nice way. That's a very poetic way of putting it. You kind of clawed back your uh, fish My in fish kettle. My fish in kettle. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was that? I was going to go with strange fish, and then that sounded oddly insulting, so I was just like trying to oh, get yeah, a... Oh, yeah, no, you definitely saved it. Yeah, I'm, boiling, I'm glad. Boiling a fish alive <laughs> in a household. This is like the man building a house from last week again. <laughs> I'll have you know that no I... No one's leaving the I'll house. I'll have you know that I, I had people get in touch with me privately about my analogy about the and, internet album. And ask if you're all right. <laughs> he said I totally understood what you were saying. <laughs> what? Can they? Can we get them on the pod? No, who I, are I, these, I'd rather who not. Are these people? Journalists always protect the sources. <laughs> yeah, okay. but they were there. They they exist. Um, they were like, thank you. I'm glad. Thank you for saying what needed to be said. Oh, yeah, yeah. As regards this, I think Alan Calvi is saying some very interesting stuff. Um, you know, again, we talk about independent artists and artistry, and this mm. is absolutely a shining example of that. Uh, an artist that I uh, had also not really followed to this point, and I found myself going, hang on, this is really fucking good. I want to hear the album. Mm. So job done. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. very interested to hear it as well. Although although it should be said that when we talk about her not getting her dues, I'm not sure if this will be the record to do it. This sounds like a bit of a kicking against the prick sort of album. And so. I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. And I respect numbers. Right. So give me one. Two. It's oh, fuck's sake. It's Tom Morello. Oh you have to respect the numbers, Dave. <laughs> Tom Morello. Don't lie to me. You can't lie to me. Your daughter on my dick. Fuck parental advisory. We don't believe you. We don't believe you. Bite the hand that feeds you. We don't need you. We don't need you. Bite the hand that feeds you. Fuck you, separate could never be equal. Bite the hand that feeds you. We don't believe you, you need more people. Bite the hand that feeds you. Tom Morello with friend of the show Vic Mensa. Yeah, Vic. A song Vic, called Vic, 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 Vic. <laughs> a song called "We Don't Need You." And I'm gonna make the obvious gag. I don't need to ever hear this again. Mm-hmm. This is the rare occasion on Songs of the Week where I found myself when I was re-listening to the playlist. I was like, 
oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And there's a second song. Let's get to this one in a minute. First of all, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave, and I guess Prophets of Rage yeah. fame, has a new project. Uh, it's his own name. He used to have a project called The Night Watchman, where it was kind of folky stuff, and never he took off was okay, I guess. Now he's back with his own solo stuff again. There's a two-track release. Uh, there was a track with uh, Knife Party, which started I off. Go there, mate. I went there, and I will tell you, it's an instrumental, and it basically sounds like "Can't Stop" by the Chili Peppers until it turns into a dubstep song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Me? I first listened to it on the walk home from work uh, a couple of days ago, and I was just like, within twenty seconds, I was like, "I really want to hear Can't Stop" by the Red Hot Chili Peppers now. Yeah, well, this is how bad this is. So uh, we thought it couldn't get any worse. Yeah, and then our friend of the show. Yeah, let Vic, us man. down. I like Vic Mensa, and uh, you know it's funny. You mentioned Prophets of Rage, and we've seen it with other Morales side projects and people that he's worked with before. Like, I don't know if it's his instruction or if it's just the thought of, "Oh, this is the dude from Rage Against the Machine that makes people do like low rent Zach Delarosha vocals every time they land in studio with him." Yeah, but that's what this is, and it's really forced, and it's yeah, like I mean, the song isn't good anyway. The but lyrics are horrific. That's what I'm saying, yeah, but then like, the lyrics the are just terrible. It's, yeah. War, poverty, war, oh, rise it's up. It's very teenage. I've just had an epiphany about the injustice yeah. in the world and I have to tell the people. Mm. Um, and is it a wider problem of just kind of whenever rock and rap kind of collide, it ve- like it seldom ends well. Do you know what I mean? I just think, as you say, maybe it is just like, you see, yo, I'm collaborating with Tom. I know what he wants. Exactly. I know yeah, what yeah. trip he's on. Start getting my pseudo-political shit ready. Yeah. Does he just refuse to play really generic licks unless you're singing about injustice? Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you what. Um, Put him with uh, with J. Cole. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he did these phenomenally on hammed up. <laughs> no, no, no. But he did those like really hammed up, like almost conspiracy theory level of yeah, yeah, political yeah. raps in his uh, most recent album, KOD. Oh, yeah, I used to adore, fit this perfectly. I used to adore Tom Morello and yeah, his guitar work. You know, he's obviously a very talented bloke. I think he's out of tricks, to be honest. This seems very. This seems like you know, yeah, wrestler team tune. The guitar's jo- gone on. Yeah, here. Jo- jokes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, jokes aside, the way that the the only way that he get somewhere again is if not unlike audio slave he's with somebody who has just like a sheer force of character can pull him in a different direction the only hope hope is that Zach Delarocca turns around and says lads let's let's do it which is probably not going to happen I'm now uh, it's now at a stage where I don't know I haven't listened to Rage in a good while if I go back, I'm now concerned that they're going to sound a bit rubbish because yeah, I'll say everything this. that has come I'll since. say this. As a band that I was once obsessed with and still love, they, they haven't aged, well. aged yeah. well. Yeah, they haven't. But that's probably a byproduct of everything. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. how could they I mean, have? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, there are still some incredible songs there, but I wonder. Battle of LA holds up, I think, pretty much. Okay. But they're very much an of their time band. Maybe that's why Zach to the Rock is like, no, no, we'll go back for a tour to make some cash, sure. but no. But then he's like apparently done the whole fucking album with Trent Reznor that's never going to see the light day. So it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Craig, number. Number three, please, Dave. Well, it's your friend Miguel with Python.
a victim, along with Charlie XCX, of the end of the year dropping an album at the last minute situation where it just gets forgotten about yeah. and no one talks about it in the, I resulting, forgotten, Dave. in the resulting year. Why is that? Well, because this song reminds me an awful lot of it. It sounds... <laughs> I actually had to check. I actually, it's kind of cool funk R&B with a terrible analogy for the lyrics. <laughs> It's, it's war and leisure all over. This song is called Python, and it is about how he wants to wrap himself around you. I am, um, yeah. And I, slither away and hide. And when, like, yeah, yeah, when I get, like, came across this song, I, ha- I had to double check that he hadn't already released it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like two yeah. years ago. Or yeah. <laughs> um, because it is the most Miguel song title of all time. Um, but you know what? He's very good at doing that kind of um, ridiculous thing. I mean, he's, like a l- very few artists would get away with that kind of stuff yeah i mean um, <laughs> again i mean like the most common comparison that's going to be made when he's there but you are just like yeah you see like this is a prince move yeah and yeah i mean like he can kind of carry it off i mean actually it's it reminds me a little of the tom morello track in that it's kind of no but just it's kind of um guitar wise it's grabbing at like old Jimi hendrix moves right not, not as python but his his <laughs> guitar moves and um but this one actually works for me um he can actually kind of lay claim to some of that stuff and it sounds great. It's just... I mean, he's on tour. I think he's just releasing stuff that he's going to play on the road. It, it probably came out of yeah. the same sessions, I guess, as yeah. the album. Um, but it's it's not just like a, a throwaway thing. It's it's a pretty good song. Yeah, you figure, like, yeah, he's going on tour at the end of this month, actually. I think it's the 23rd. And he said he's going to be playing new material. So yeah, this and I would expect a few more we're going to hear in the next few weeks. But yeah, if I if it doesn't come from the war and leisure sessions, then it must be soon after because it's very much cut from the same cloth. It's grand. Give me a number. <laughs> number one. We've rather buried the lead this week. After eight years, the return of Robin. I miss you. That is Missing You, the very eagerly and long-awaited new single from Robin, coming eight years after her album Body Talk, uh, which of course boasted the stunning, and I've gone back to it like with the release of this album, Dancing on My Own. Uh, the calling card, I suppose, for that artist. Now she's been around in terms of like you know the odd feature, or, like doing like keeping up with doing things, but this yeah. is the first official Robin cut in that space of time. Can it? Does it live up to the hype? It's kind of like she was never away, which mm. is um, both great and also slightly concerning, maybe for <laughs> everyone involved. Um, I'm not going to read a huge amount into this in terms of what direction the album will take because it feels very much like while it is um, definitely doing that thing she does so well of making a dance song about longing and feeling out of place. And in the case of this, it sounds like it isn't just like a d- dissolution of a relationship. It's like, you know, someone that is... Um, left in kind of graver circumstances but it's also a bit of a love letter to her fans and she kind of um, 
in the build up to this release there was uh, she kind of put out a video about like kind of fans of hers to put on club nights and blah blah yeah. blah and she's very in tune with her fans and um, you know a lot of people that would consider them outsiders have identified with Robin and quite rightly she's and this is like status, yeah like. and this is like I've missed you I'm back I'm do excelling at what I've always excelled at yeah. um, so kind of let's get the party started the sad party <laughs> I don't know how Craig's uh Standing on the facts are here, but uh, you've done a very, very good job, mate. Uh, first of all, she told Annie Mack uh, on Wednesday night that this is not representative of the album at oh, all. Oh, really? That it's a lot more uh, similar to her older stuff yes. than what we can expect from the album. Details on which, by the way, we have none. Um, and it's also been widely presumed that it was a former collaborator of hers who passed away a couple of years ago who's being referenced in the song itself Not now obviously it, you know it, it, it can sort of reference an awful lot of things including the fans which she kind of tapped into herself but yeah that is the suggestion uh, she does that awesome like combination and what should be a slightly kind of oxymoronic one of kind of like real intensity but all fr- also fragility And she's always done it well. I think the sort of glassy production that so much of her tunes have um, helps in that regard as well. But most of all, like, you know, and okay, she's so good at it that maybe we're being hoodwinked some of the time at least, but it always feels authentic and it feels genuine. And in some ways, it's almost what I was missing from that All Saints album earlier, where you're listening to it and you're just like, yeah, this feels like deeply affecting experiences that you've lived through yeah absolutely there's weight here there's depth here there's lived in character work and there's real pain and loss and you know again that wonderful wonderful alchemy and music of the slight glimmer of hope yeah absolutely um however i mean is it kind of a reheated food package (laughs) like is it is it a little bit like we've heard this before and incredibly better I mean, like, are, like it's it's really, really good. Like, Has she taken the kettle of fish and put it in the microwave? That's a whole other <laughs> refused to leave the house. It's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. So hang on a second. Uh, I just feel like this is a glacial sad banger. We know yeah. she's, she's got this in her locker, can do it arguably better than anybody at the moment. Yeah. Or at least, you know, we, we believed that she could and she has. Am I being a bit too greedy now and maybe wanting something different? And if I got something, Wally, if I got like an acoustic ballad, yeah. Disturbed style, would I be kind of like, oh, no, where's the sad banger? Where's the heavy? I mean, yeah. is this a yet another case of like, oh, hang on, you're really fucking good and therefore I will judge you on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean look. It's really good. You're going <laughs> to be you're going to be getting something different. We already know that. Or at least she's already telling us that. Uh, we hope that she is not lying to us all. Um yeah, I don't know. I think it, it is just a way of sort of like, as Craig said, making her feel as though she hasn't been away for all that long. Mm-hmm. It was made with Joe Mount, actually, from Metronomy, and they've worked together a bunch, yeah. which explains, yeah. at least in part, why it is the most Robin song Robin has ever released, really. And, I mean, I will say as well, though, that, you know, like you say, we've heard way better before it. I'm not saying it's the best song of her career, but... This is pretty strong. It is very like, strong. Like this is yeah. not a mediocre Robin song. It's a, it's this a, is good. It's a trim, almost five minutes as well, and I it will lend itself to remixes very strongly. Uh, acquaintance of the show, Dahio Droni reckons that it will be very popular in the clubs. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Yeah. I mean, if we stop comparing Robin with Robin and kind of look at other, <laughs> you know, pop tracks that have been released this year, uh, this stacks up against this. This does. Oh, no, there, there, there's a streets ahead. There's a reason we've been missing her for yeah. eight years. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. True enough, but someone who we've also been missing uh, quite a lot, I would oh, say, oh yes, is Enrique Iglesias. Mm-hmm. He's back with Matoma and Conscience. 
Yep. Song is called I Don't Dance, open brackets, without <laughs> you, close brackets. Closer to me body, real done daddy, no fi make you happy And if you're down to take the ride tonight, I'ma take you on a flight tonight Come here baby, pull up closer to me body, real done daddy, no fi make you happy And if you're down to take the ride tonight, I'ma take you on a flight tonight I like the way that you're moving, baby don't stop what you're doing You know I came here for you, girl, I don't well, that's uh, from one strand of pop to another, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matoma is Norwegian tropical house producer. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's from Usness, which is the other side of the country from where I go, so oh, I, I haven't met him. Is, um, he, is he going to the wedding? <laughs> he is, is he not. playing at the wedding? Is Enrique Iglesias going to the he wedding? He is fucking not, mate. No. Uh, I, I had to look up online uh, just about Matoma and indeed conscience, and... <laughs> the, the subhead uh, on a posting of this track was um, Tropical house sensation meets Latin pop sensation Meets Jamaican dancehall sensation Sounds like a sure recipe for a hit Stop saying sensation I know, yeah, but I mean, I think they were taking the piss on this as well Because it is just like A, a cynical radio play Do you see the new trailer for Venom? No. That movie is going to be appalling and I can't wait. And the official synopsis says, celebrating one of Marvel's most iconic and badass characters. I'm like, what are you doing? Does it have this soundtrack? Oh my God, I thought you were going to say this song is in the trailer. (laughs) I'm seeing this film. No, it's not. But check out that trailer if you want to see something that looks genuinely, insanely bad. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. Anyway, yeah, this chap, to be fair, when he was interviewed, uh, when he signed his deal, apparently, they said, you know, of all the people in the world, who would you like to work with? and collaborate with and he said Enrique Iglesias so it really is the the dream come true for him basically (laughs) yeah I know same aim low kids Um, Enrique's Google alerts finally went off and he's like (laughs) this it's short it's two um, minutes, yeah. Three yeah. minutes, yeah. It's like, a three minutes. Three minutes it's just short of oh, three minutes. Why was I thinking yeah. it was two minutes? It's that damn good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, cool, so breeze. Yeah. But I mean, as in, like, in, on a somewhat serious note, though, as in, like, it isn't, like, loads of, like, builds and drops and, like, some clumsy rap verse at the no, end or whatever. It's like a plateau like. of Tropical House. <laughs> yeah, like, it is a plateau of Tropical House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... I like provincial nightclubs will have a field day, presumably. But I, I it's the thing that shocked else. me most about this. Um, well, first of all, I mean, the lyrics are just atrocious. But Why also, are you analyzing there were shades yeah. of because there were shades in my first listen of. Do you remember Brian McFadden's well dodgy song about like getting you drunk and all that kind of stuff? There's kind of lyrics in here. Oh, yeah. uh, Brian McFadden's date rape anthem. Yeah, Get there's some weird lines some in this. Now it's nowhere near as bad, but it's a bit. I don't know. It made me kind of go, what? Uh, but we left let them off the hook because you know English isn't the first language this and all that. This heatwave has absolutely I w- lowered your guys' standards. This is garbage. Oh no, yeah, I was going to say it's crap. But also, <laughs> when you say like it's cynical crap, I'm shocked that this is being released now because if it, like clearly we're hoping it's going to be a big summer yeah. banger. It's we're the in August. We're in the autumn yeah. Now, technically. <laughs> yeah, why wasn't this out May? Yeah. Missed the boat. Red tape. <laughs> Maybe they got locked out of their SoundCloud. I don't know. Right. Unless he genuinely is just aiming for a Latin American market where it will be sunny for longer. I okay. do love Rhythm Divine, though. Right, okay. Uh, the studio is very warm, Craig. I'm trying to wrap up the show. Uh, <laughs> Mission Possible 6 update. You still haven't seen it. 
No, I'm going to go this weekend and uh, full review when I get back. Very we'll good. Dedicate a half hour to it. Special guest on the show update. We were supposed to have A. Smith in this week, yeah. but the life of a jobbing musician got in the way. He is gigging and we are recording quite late, in fact. Uh, mm. we, we are recording so late that it is almost Friday. You're pretty much listening to us live. And remember that if you don't want to do that in real life, Workman's. <laughs> October 14th. Tickets are on sale now from Ticketmaster for €13. Euro. Go buy them. Go be there. Fabulous work. Anything else that we listened to this week? For me, I didn't really get a chance and I mostly listened to playlists. I made a new playlist for uh, for running and I threw on some new metal and emo bangers in there. You got you got your Systems of a Down. You got so your, you can run away from them. <laughs> you, got your, you got your Finch. You got your uh, Perfect Circle, Slipknot. I'm just scrolling through it now at this stage. Okay. All right. uh, Dashboard <laughs> Confessional, hands down. That's a sad banger. I never got into them. Wasn't he supposed to be like the new Morrissey? I only like that one song. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly angsty. Jay Paul and his brother, the Paul Institute. More. We talked about this last week. Hold on. Digging, building. Two new songs. <laughs> Two new artists. <laughs> uh, they found them. <laughs> Ryan and Hera have released songs. They're they're on the stable now. Um, Red Light Drive is a bit kind of two eighties influence. Do we definitely know that all these people are real? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not taking the piss. I'm not, but like, I'm I not mean, even remember sure. when everyone was just like these look like made up names that just AK Falls using or whatever. I'm not even sure to okay. be honest. Yeah. Masquerade though by Ryan is a great song, so um, things are looking good. It'd be great if Jay or AK actually released their own music. Sure. Like loads of people are saying online, do you know what? Isn't it great that they're like building up this kind of institute and they're not taking the spotlight? Like you, you know, they're kind of building up these people's careers. It's just like. What Whoa. spotlight is on them? It's like me with a torch, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check that stuff out. It's good. Uh, I gave a spin to Ross from Friends, uh, which oh, is a moniker yeah. everyone. The can name respect is putting me off though. for an electronic musician. Really, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think that's fantastic. If you're going to be like some sort of fucking weird lo-fi producer. Um, <laughs> It's not all that lo-fi now. He's kind of built his sound up into something that's far more layered. Unfortunately, not everything fits together. The album is called Family Portrait, and as the title suggests, it was apparently kind of influenced by his dad being a musician who kind of like met his mom when he was off on tour and blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, it, 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 just, it really is just trying to cram everything from a family photo book into a single album so that, you know, narratives don't necessarily work and blah 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 because when he stops getting distracted by that concept uh bits of it are actually quite good so um yeah there's probably about five tracks that are particularly enjoyable but worth a listen anyway this episode of your cool. beloved no encore podcast was engineered by our sonic architect eve murray and our exit music comes this week from spies who headline the workman's club where we will of course be headlining in a little while they play the workman's club on friday the 10th of august if you want to go along and see a great band do their thing, I know you get to hear their new single, which is just out. It's called Ho Chi Minh, and it's off the album Constancy, which is on the way. This was, in fact, the first song recorded for it, and uh, as such, perhaps resembles their earlier sound more than other tracks on the record. Uh, vocalist Michael Broderick noted that he wrote the lyrics when he was travelling in Vietnam with two friends. It started one night when he had to sleep in the reception of a hostel because he was too late to check in. We've all been there. And it makes you uh, bed slash leather couch. With what? a towel as a blanket. There's a, there's a Ford slash. You don't have to read the entire rest of these <laughs> He conjured up the first few lines of the song when he was in a strange travel situation. Okay. okay, let's have a listen. I like Spies. I like the song. I'm looking forward to the album. I will be going to their gig. Friday, 10th of August, Workman's Club. Good night. My name is <laughs> Will you be, be signing autographs? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be signing some 8x10s and some vinyl. You'll be signing tickets to yeah, our live yeah. show. I yeah. will, yeah. I'll be selling tickets to, to, to our live show at, at a, at a band. Show. Yeah. Hey, lads. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Dave Hanrady. 
this has been no encore. There will not be an encore. <laughs> this is Spies. Good night. I spent the night in the lobby With bare feet On leather seats Beach towel encasing my body podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. 
Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.